talking about unconditional love and self-image and self-esteem, when you come from a dysfunctional household, it's always a challenge for me. I don't know if you did, but I grew in an environment that were far from being perfect. And with perfect, I don't want to say, you know, my mom or dad needed to do things in certain ways, but I know it affects significantly my mental health and the way I connect and perceive the world. So in this episode, we will be exploring a little bit what unconditional love truly means, at least to me, and how to build a positive self-esteem despite a difficult upbringing. So grab a coffee of tea, let's dive in. And I'm going to talk about four main things today. We're going to start with the definition of unconditional love, then the impact of a dysfunctional household on self-image, the role that psychology and spiritual practices play in attempting to heal. And we were going to close this episode with the fact of how important is taking responsibility and breaking that mold that we were raised in. Defining unconditional love. I always knew I existed for love. Because as I do, love is a feeling that is always evolving and changing and transforming and transcending in so many shapes. And ah, it brings so many insights. It gave us the capacity of being curious about life, about relationships, about the meaning of ourselves in this world. And always knew in a way I existed for love and I want to love people. And that's one of my life goals, if that makes sense. But I needed to understand that unconditional love, it was not about allowing someone to walk all over me, which happened. Unconditional love is about setting healthy boundaries, communicating your needs and feelings with a lot of clarity. And that takes a process of connection with yourself that you might be avoiding. And you have to show respect and understanding towards others' feelings and reality too. I think that's more what unconditional love is about. I hope it makes sense that the more connected we are with our feelings, our boundaries, and the more skilled we are in communicating our needs, I think we can show ourselves and show to others in a relationship, any type of relationship. The second thing I wanted to talk about is the impact of a dysfunctional family or household on your self-image and self-love. So I think that growing up in a dysfunctional household can leave lasting scars on a personal self-esteem. And I'm talking from my perception of myself and my self-esteem and my self-image. It was totally far away from the reality I wanted to live, right? It's common, I think, for kids or for children from dysfunctional families to experience feelings of shame, guilt, and unworthiness. And this is something that I was talking with Yvonne when I was I was in the interview talking to her and it was like, oh, we all have something in common, which is these feelings that we feel very shameful, guilt, and unworthy of love, recognition, validation, reinsurance. And fuck, this led me to a place that I, I, I could barely trust others. And I could barely attract and form healthy relationships and asserting my needs and their needs. When I was talking with Yvonne, I got two insights that I wanted to share today that might be helpful and give you like 
two important insights if you've been in these situations or you know someone that's been in this situation before. And is that firstly, the trauma you receive and how you behave according to that past is not a linear thing. So you can be triggered in a lot of ways and you're not necessarily going to suffer from a specific things because you were born in this dysfunctional family. I think the experience is different for everyone and you just need to keep yourself open and very curious of your own process. Of course, you're going to be and pay a lot of attention of your environment and the person, the other people you're relating with. But at the end, something can be triggered that you have no idea that was there. So I think keep yourself very open. And that's what I am doing. And that's what I did in the past to go through my healing journey and to go to the moment I am. Of course, I am still getting triggered by certain things, but I have at least the capacity of thinking, okay, my path is not going to be linear and I'm not going to control anymore getting or not getting triggered. I'm just going to control the way I react to that triggering situation that I'm going through. The second thing, and I think the most important thing is that your past does not define you and you have the power to create a positive self-image. And if you did something bad in the past, if you're acting in a way that you now regret or feel shameful about, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself because without forgiveness and acceptance and going through that process of, I listen, I identify what is going on. And from that, I can then act and reconstruct that reality and the way I want to approach to relationships to the world and also that experience with myself inside of myself. I think that was very powerful and it gave me a lot of insight to understand that, hey, I can be triggered and hey, what I, I was doing the best I could with the level of consciousness I've had in the past. That doesn't mean that if you did bad things, people should forgive you. But at least you should know that forgiveness in order to transcend or change or reframe yourself and who you are needs to come from, it's you have to forgive yourself. You don't need anyone else's forgiveness. And this is my sound a little bit selfish, but at the same time, everyone does shit in certain moments of their life. That doesn't make them a good person or a bad person, but it does bring an, a scenario that if they do not take responsibility of what they did in the past and change it and construct like a more healthy relationship with whatever that happened, then that means that they're just not a responsible person or they're just like not interested in being a better human being or a more conscious persona. And the third thing I want to say today is the role that psychology and spiritual practices play in attempting to heal. And this is so important because I come from a dysfunctional family and I have one piece of advice for you. And I don't want you to take it bad. I don't want you to take it personal. Seek professional help. I did and it changed my life. Perhaps you may be a person who has learned to manage your emotions quite well as I did with spiritual response therapy. But from experience, I can tell you that there's things that are deep, deep down in our psyche, that they need to be work with a professional. I am doing with a psychoanalyst to know the root of that. It's going to the past and deconstruct that things or that stories or their core belief, limiting core belief that we have in our mind about 
our childhood that we might be throwing into our subconscious mind and not be aware of. But I think it's important to understand and to explore different types of therapies to just find the best way you can heal. Don't be afraid of therapy. Holistic therapy is amazing, but if you can do a mix between an holistic therapy to connect with your emotions and also with your body and that sense of inner peace and half at the same time another type of therapy, which is psycho- psychological therapy, which is an expert that can tell you, oh, there's these things that you're not seeing or not accepting from your past that if you do not accept it, then your healing process will be kind of like freeze in a certain way. I think that's what happened to me. And I think that Whatever you do is important that if you feel that you're struggling too much in doing it alone, do not do it alone. If you go to a therapist, that doesn't mean that you have something to fix. It means you just need a little bit of help to keep evolving. That's it. We are humans. We are social creatures. And that's more than okay if we really need someone to be there for us to process whatever it's going on. The last thing I want to talk about is the fact of taking responsibility and break the mold. I want to tell you that because it is absolutely and completely possible to break the patterns your childhood had left you. With a lot of work and introspection, of course, like I just said, it is your responsibility to take accountability for your actions and the way you feel, especially if we plan to interact or create healthy relationships with other people, any type of relationships. I think it's important, when, and this is what I learned from my interview with Yvonne, that you have to keep in mind we can forever blame our mom and our dad and our traumas because we did the best we could but adulthood I think and consciousness and mental mastery and be a very centered person mean that you have processed your thoughts and emotions enough to know that you shouldn't stop feeling them or avoiding them You have to go through them and show yourself accountable. I think that's what I've learned from the interview. And I want to give you these four short insights about the important things I understood from unconditional love when you come from a dysfunctional family. And I am in a period of my life after 27 years that I'm finally getting into a relationship that I am kind of understanding what unconditional love means. And I'm able to give unconditional love but receive also. I am very grateful. I hope that you might find this helpful. If you have any questions or thoughts, please feel free to reach me out, especially on social media. You can send an email or just DM me through Twitter or Instagram. Those are the social channels I'm using more now to build community. So thank you for tuning in and I'll see you next week. And if you can, take this message. You are enough. You are loved. You are special. And you have everything you need right now to be the person you want to be. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be ashamed. And don't let anyone make you feel like you don't deserve unconditional love because you do. I love you.